Welcome to the Simply Compliance Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Simply Compliance Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Willard, along with Mr. Nick Landers. What's up, Nick? It's a great day. What's up with you, Craig? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, it's a great day to talk about compliance, right? Always. <laughs> and uh, I think today we're going to get into some specifics on what people should be doing right now for CMMC. And uh, I guess I'll just let you roll with it, Nick. Yeah. More and more people continue to ask that question. It is the burning question uh, of uh, the last couple of months, and I have a feeling it's going to continue for a while. So uh, let me start right there. When someone comes to you for the first time and they've heard about some type of new compliance that they're going to be required to meet, whether it's CMMC or anything else as a DOD contractor, how do you answer this question? What do I need to do now? Nothing. Like you have been doing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Wrong answer. Yeah. So the step, step one is always to understand the type of data that you have. So it's looking at your contract, seeing if you have requirements that uh, hold you to a higher level of accountability because you manage, store, contain, control, CUI data, however you want to say it. Uh, or FCI, but what I what I have done, and I'm going to share it for those who are listening that aren't on the YouTube page. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page to see this, but I'm going to share uh, in this a a PowerPoint presentation or a PowerPoint slide that really identifies what the current steps are. So as this is up, what you need to do, what you need to know now to do things now is evaluate your contracts. All contracts require FAR 52 regardless. FAR 52 uh, is actually FAR 52.204-21 uh, and it has 15 standard controls. So at a minimum, if you have a contract, the Department of Defense for a supply chain, then you have to have those controls met. And I don't mean like in the future, I mean right now. The other- Say it again. So you don't need to make these, or you don't need to complete these requirements in the future. You got to do them right now. In right fact, now. you okay. should have done them because they've been in place for quite a while. So if you have FCI data, which is basically the federal, the contract information, if you have the contract, you have to comply with FAR 52-204-21. That is the minimum. The elevated state is when you have CUI data. So if you store, process, transfer, controlled, unclassified information, then there is a DFARS, which is the Department of Defense FARS, the S being supplemental, uh, which is 252-204, I'm sorry, .204-712. And that is essentially saying that you're going to comply with 800-171, uh, all 110 controls. Now, with that said, uh, you know, you've got to know the data that you have. 
And if you don't know, then you need to reach out to your contracting officer, your prime, whoever you're receiving that inf information regarding that contract and asking. It should be noted if it's CUI. It, there should be uh, details specifically showing that that document or whatever is CUI. Now, from an FCI perspective, just to back up a hair, anything that is not for public consumption should be considered FCI data. So we want to protect that but it's a different level of protection for the controlled unclassified information, which is driven by DFARS, and we, we shorten it up and, and call it 7012. Your clause, you should have a clause on your contract that says that you must comply with 7012 or not. Now, with that said, there is the potential that some of your contracts, even though you handle CUI due to that contract, or you create due to that contract, it may not have the 7012 clause on it. And just because it doesn't, doesn't mean that you are not required to comply. It just means that you're quietly <laughs> required to comply. You just don't, you don't see it from the contract's perspective, but the federal government says, even if it's not there, you still have to comply. So knowing that data is super, super, super important. Now, FCI, you have 15 controls what those equal from a CMMC perspective as we move down, you know, as we journey towards CMC requirements across the board, uh, there are 17 controls. My recommendation as a consultant is to say, you should go ahead and focus on the 17 requirements for CMMC and go ahead and get those completed like now. If you are currently handling your 15 controls and you're in good space, then I would go ahead and, and start evaluating yourself against the 17 controls of CMMC and get those accomplished. That way, when the requirements show themselves that you need to be uh, assessed and certified, your certification process will be pretty simple. When we talk about CUI data though, that's a different thing and there's a much bigger gap. What we find in the industry is that uh, a lot of people aren't complying, they're just checking the box which means there's a lot of work that needs to be accomplished that should have been accomplished some time ago. Again, if you have CUI, your requirements are current. I mean, their CUI requirements have been in place or 871 requirements have been in place since uh, 2017. So, you know, if you look a little bit deeper, there's a subpart 204.73, uh, which requires contracting officers to validate that the, uh, the offerer has current entries and spurs. What's, what does that mean? Well, you should have your 8171 self-assessment or self-attestation completed and it can't be over three years old. This is all part of the interim rule. Uh, that uh, 8171 has a grading rubric that's currently, that's already out there that you can pull. So each, each control of those 110 controls has a grade. You have to count that grade up and then you have to complete your SSP or your system security plan, which is an overview of your whole organization, including uh, from a from a controlled unclassified information perspective, from a system perspective, it's an overview uh, of that system. And it also shows what you are doing and what you're not doing and how you are doing the things that you're doing. And then uh, your completed POAM, uh, which says, here's the things that I'm not doing or uh, that I haven't completed yet of 8171 and here's my milestones and my timelines to get those accomplished. So that subpart 204-73 says, all this stuff has to be done right now, and you have to enter that stuff in spurs before you can get your next contract or an adjustment to your contract. So those are things you got to do literally right now. <sighs> How yeah. about that? Now, what's a, is there another name for a subpart 204? 
Uh, that's that's seven three. That, that's the part that people listen. That that's what it is specifically. Yeah. Okay. So all of uh, this though is part of the interim rule to CMMC. So this is the bridge between the now and the future. Moving forward, uh, we have to make sure that, for example, if you've got a, a if there's a contractor that is seeking a contract next month, and per the requirements, that contractor before they can, you know, that prime before they can provide that contract and, and sign it off for your, you know, your organization to, to take that, they have to check. The subpart 204 says that they've got to go out there and they've got to make sure that Spurs has their current assessment, a grade, and it shows their data about their SSP and stuff. If you, if you haven't had that completed, then they're not supposed to be able to give you the contract. The other part of that, too, is if you're in bad shape. I mean, could you imagine not doing anything at 171 and you get a really bad score? And you can get a negative score. Uh, and they're looking at you compared to other contractors, and you have a poor score and someone else has a higher score. Think of it as a FICO score. You know, They're probably going to pick the one with a higher score over top of you unless you have some crazy personal relationship or business relationship that's going to make them stay with you no matter what. But, yeah. you know, when, when you have a low score, you're putting a lot of risk on your primes that some of that data that, you're, that you have to control could, you know, could be stolen. You could be compromised. Yeah. That's a great overview. Yeah, it, that is it, a great overview. I think that's, that's got to be really helpful. If anybody is asking that question right now, like they're really thinking to themselves, I don't know what to do now. I know I need to do something, but where do I begin? That is super helpful. I got a couple of additional questions and then we can, uh, I'll give you the last word and and you can wrap up. But uh, I'm just curious of all the conversations that you've been having over the last uh, couple of months or so. Um, where, Where do a lot of the companies stand at this point? Like, are they even able to answer the question about FCI or, or CUI? Uh, many are not, and many think they need a, a higher level. You know, we've had people call us and say, I need a level two certification. Well, that's, uh, in the CMMC space, you have level one or you have a level three. There is a level two, but it's to move up to level three, and you have to have a level three in order to have any contract that handles processes, stores, or you create CUI data on the contract's behalf. So uh, many people just, they, 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 they don't know. You know, they, they yeah. really don't know or they think they, uh, they think they know because someone told them something that resonated with them and they're like, hey, I want to be a level three. Well, do you handle store process CUI data? So uh, even more specific, when you use cloud technology, uh, one of the options for you to used to store that CUI data is GCC high. It's a Microsoft, it's basically an elevated Microsoft level that mirrors DOD space in Microsoft. But if you can't prove that you have CUI data contracts, they won't most likely will not allow you on their platform. So it's really important to recognize um, first and foremost, what kind of data do I have? And if I have a contract period, you have FCI data. And then from there, it's do I have any CUI data? Hopefully, it's tagged, labeled, documented somewhere. If not, and you still aren't sure, look at your contracts and see if there's a 7012 clause. If you can't find that, then I would then go to each one of your contracting 
organizations, your primes, or your officers, and ask them specifically on those, are there any points in any of these that uh, any of these contracts that require me to store, process, and manage CUI data? And if so, then the next question is, is where, what is that data? And then go and identify those and then start working through AHRQ 171 to protect that data. Yeah, that's huge. And this is such an important part of the process. I mean, obviously you can't take action until you know uh, what the, the proper um, action is to take. But I mean, we've, we've heard just over the last couple of weeks from primes, I mean, really large primes who are really concerned about this, but not all of them have it figured out themselves. Sure. So, I mean, it's certainly confusing and it's a process for, especially for subs, um, sure. you know, throughout the supply chain. It's such a huge difference though. And I, I love the way that you have it laid out here. I mean, you're talking, uh, if it's just FCI, 17 controls, you know, at the most versus 110. I mean, that's a significant difference. Um, additionally, it, you know, there's, there's going to be time investment. There's going to be uh, financial investment uh, for CUI versus FCI. Um, so it's so important to nail this the first time and to get it right uh, for the future. Uh, with that said, I'm going to let you close this out. Any other sure. thoughts that you have, anything else that you would like to cover for organizations who are just sitting at their computer right now, trying to figure this process out, um, anything else that you can help them figure out what they need to do right now? Sure. I, I think on the front end, uh, especially if you have somebody in your organization that is familiar uh, enough with your IT or is good enough in the IT space is to have them understand or figure out what type of data you have. And then from there, it's do, do I have FCI? Then I do the 15 controls, but I recommend just moving on to the 17. And the truth be known too, if, if you read FAR 52.204-21, they're line items. They're, they're very basic in nature in what they say. If you go over to CMMC to their website and pull up the maturity level one requirements, they're going to have that, but they're going to have that in a greater level of detail and some examples too. It's not enough. So there's so many people that confuse what's really required and the control as a lot of, and, and, I, and I've said this in, a, in our first podcast, there are GRCs out there, which are governance risk and compliance solutions that are very, very basic in nature. So uh, the ones that I've reviewed, because I thought we were going to use one before we decided to build our own, but uh, I really couldn't answer the questions that are in the maturity levels by using those tools that are currently out there without naming any type of name, but they don't give you the right answers or the right questions to give you the, the right answers. So they're somewhat misleading uh, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but it's really important for people that, that are in this space and, and seeking certification, they understand. So if you are handling FCI data, my recommendation is to go over to the CMC AB website, pull up their ML1 uh, assessment documentation and go through it. It's probably not going to make a lot of sense to those who are business owners, but for those who are somewhat techie, 
uh, they can probably make some sense of it and, and go through that and get that accomplished. When it comes to the 8171, it stick to the 8171 requirements, the 3.1s and so forth, all, all 110. It's doing the SSP, it's doing the POAM, and it's grading yourself, and then it's putting that data out there. At that point, get through the POAM, finish all the POAM requirements to complete the 8171 modules. After that, or after all of those controls are met, my recommendation is go over to CMMC level one. Or I'm sorry, go over to CMC AB to their to their website, pull maturity level three requirements, and start finishing up there. There's 20 additional requirements for CMMC that are going to be required for you. So go ahead and get those done. That way, you've got some tenure and you've got at least you know six plus months of data showing that you've met all 130 controls and you have the documentation and you have someone managing each one of those controls so that the, the assessing process will be a lot easier. But that's, that's kind of how I would drive the situation. If, if somebody comes to us, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to help them understand the, the requirements a little better and map. We've already mapped, uh, as a consultant, we've mapped the requirements to particular technologies uh, that will help them meet those requirements which is something that each organization, if they have their own IT staff or manage IT, uh, they, will, they will have to do on, uh, you know, essentially on their own. Is they'll have to find the, the, the right solutions to meet the requirements. And then the thing about the CMC space when we get there is that you have to prove that to your assessor. And they may not know it very well. They may not know that solution. So you're going to want to use solutions that are, that are known uh, so that you have to do less validating Otherwise, if they don't know the solution that you're using to, you know, uh, to control your network from having people on it that shouldn't be on it, then you're going to have to prove, you're going to have to show them how it works and that it does work. Um, so just be prepared for that. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. Clarity is so important. Having an expert on your side, whether it's, you know, somebody internal or, or external of the organization is so key. Craig, thanks for taking the time to walk us through sure. uh, this document, this process. I think that's going to be a huge help for anybody who's asking that question about what they need to do now. Right. I'll let you take us out of here. Yeah, for, for sure. So uh, if you weren't listening to us uh, from YouTube, feel free to go to our YouTube webpage for the Simply Compliance Podcast, and you will find this video, which you can then be able to see the uh, the presentation that, that we provided that has the, the, the chart of sorts of, of, of how you will uh, go about your business. But also feel free to give us a call, 502-783-6630. We would love to help you uh, with your uh, consulting or with your compliance requirements. Other than that, man, thanks again for another good show, and uh, we'll keep on trucking. Thanks. thanks we'll see you. That was really good. Was that a good one? That was really good.